0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. Shalom, everyone, and uh, excited to have this opportunity to reach out and to share some words in Chinuch and uh, also to give a big two thumbs up to epic parenting, that uh, they should have a lot of atzlocha and helping all the families of Olim, raising their kids and the challenges that come with growing up in Eretz Israel. Something that's particularly close to my heart, uh, moving to Israel, is that in the years of raising teenagers, it was of a particular challenge to focus more on our kid than focus on the community. Um, obviously there was a you know, pretty extreme pressure in two ways. One is uh, having a non-observant background already adds quite a bit to one's concerns about, uh, about, you know, what people are thinking of you and how you're coming off to others. And the, and the other is um, the, the issue of, um, of just in, in, general you know like you're you're the Oline, you know you're the you're the odd guy out you're the the new people the newbies and so it was kind of a double whammy with us uh, raising our kids so the the issues like this what's our bigger concern is our bigger concern uh, what how our child's doing or is the bigger concern what the community thinks so what i'd like to do is first of all say that if our if our concerns more about the community so then we're literally poisoning our kids. Um, they sense it vibrationally. It has nothing to do with what you say. It is a vibrational reality. You got to clean it out. Got to clean that out and uh, get, get yourself vibrationally clean with the kids. So they're not sensing anything like that. And and you should know that that the good kid is the one who suffers the most. It's, it's your Avram, I meaning your yitzchak Avinu kid suffers the most while your Avram Avinu kid who might test your idolatry and, maybe break your idols altogether. They're the ones that's going to um, be okay in the end because they'll, they'll leave. They'll just go find healing elsewhere where they can be feeling proper acceptance and and care for themselves. They'll they'll just go find their, their nutrients, their sustenance of, uh, of love and unconditional acceptance. So, and again, it's the, the good kid. So to speak, the Yitzchak who's uh, you know realizes it's not even worth it. You know, like just follow orders and don't get yourself in trouble, so that you can, um, so that you can survive your upbringing. But the problem with with the Yitzchaks are that their their hearts die inside. You know, they they uh, they realize that the their main oxygen source, which is unconditional love, is has been cut off. And um and they become quite numb in relationships later, and it it dooms them to a lot of different things that they would unlikely break through, though you can break through it. As that's, that's a big part of my work is helping people break through that stuff. Uh meanwhile, let's uh let's give up give over that. let's get the details. So here are the details how to do this. So there's um these are, this is one of the most famous excerpts, even though it's nothing to do with the possibly seminar, but this is, of the mo- this is probably one of the most famous parts of the seminar, and that is that there is something called acceptance, and there's something called approval. Acceptance, approval. Acceptance means you're accepted no matter what. Approval means that there's standards of behavior. Acceptance means that if I lived your life, you would be me, and if I lived your life, I would be you and and we're all the sum total of our life experience and so i can accept you you can accept me approval means there's standards of approval you either meet the standards or you don't you know you either, you meet them or you don't a kashris you meet the standard or you lose your to i may love the owner of the restaurant meaning if i were a kashris i accept him no matter what i'm st- even if he, even if he bought the wrong paprika for his restaurant, and, he, and I walk out with his ta'uda, he still never. I'm still going to the bar mitzvah of his kid tonight. You know, I'm still gonna, you know, help him learn how to lane. You know, they, I still love him, and acceptance leads to love. Think about the people you love or the people who accept you. People you don't like, putting it nicely. Okay, let's say it. People you hate. And you should, you should be blessed. Maybe use this as a trick to no longer hate because hate, hating a Jew is forbidden. But the people you hate are the people you really suspect don't accept you for who you are. That's really how it works for you. And if you're really honest about it. And uh, well, the biggest proof of it is if you found out later that that person really holds of you, you would drop all your issues with that person immediately because your real issue wasn't Um, the issues you're saying about them, but rather it's whether you're accepted or not. Okay. Now we got acceptance. We got approval. And what happens is they get blurred. You wind up only accepting the people you approve of. And that's called conditional love. Conditional love is when to get my love, you have to X. You have to do A, B, and C, and then you get the love. Then you get the acceptance. And... Now, obviously, we should be working on that in general with our fellow Jew, but when it comes to our kids, it's essential. Otherwise, they get that poisonous vibration. It just goes into them, and and then, you know, then you're into years of healing after such a thing. Now, again, so we got acceptance, and we got approval. Approval means standards. Now, raising kids, let's get practical here. You you send down the vibration of your accepted, no matter what, and on the other side is the approval is that we have high standards these are the standards meet them or you know meet them or get beaten <laughs> just kidding meet them or you're gonna suffer consequences but i'm always communicating both both vibrationally and verbally that you're amazing so maybe i could say if i punished the kid i would say what you did was beneath you what you did was beneath you you're so special you're so holy so amazing um, that that behavior was beneath that behavior of doing, you know, um, in uh, was lo- below our standards of getting our approval. However, who you are is awesome and beloved, and we, you know, we hold of you forever. We got you back to the end of the earth, no matter what you do. Now that's two different vibrational energies that. That one is, these are the standards, and the other is, you're accepted no matter what. And that's, that's the balance. It's not even a balance. You have to do both. You have to have good standards, otherwise your kids are going to be lame, and you have to have um, high, high level of acceptance. So I'll give you two examples, uh, one more in depth than the other. Let's start with the simple one, as I hold my kids when they're little, and I say, Yankee, I love you no matter what. And Yankee says, I know, So, But Yankee, I really, really love you. I love you. No matter what I said, I know Tati. I said, Yankee, I love you if you'll be at Sadiq. when you're always, I know Tati. I said, Yankee, even if you'll be a Russia. I'll still love you. That's never going to change. I will always love you. When my kids turn a little older, like they go 13, 12, 13, 14, I see they're starting to turn into adults. I let them know that, you know, there's a lot of choices ahead of you. Um, there's some choices that will give us a lot of nachas. There's plenty of choices that won't. We're never going to stop loving you. You want to do that before the Yetzirah kicks in, in a big way as teenagers. Um, so you let them know young that they're loved no matter what. There's choices in front of you. And uh, you'll make those choices. You're loved no matter what. We, we will always accept you. We will get your back to the end of the world. Story number two is more about that age. Uh, I had a 13 year old son. He was already in Yeshiva Katana, turning 14 soon. And it started noticing that, is, that he's going later and later each day to the, to the yeshiva. And this was a rough yeshiva. This was a Pinskarleen before they had their new building. So it was like no windows. Uh, if you even spoke, if a kid even spoke to you from an older class, he would get embarrassed publicly so that he wouldn't talk to you. It was a very unhealthy situation going on over there. And, and the, uh, we're going back like 15 years ago now. Anyway, uh, I noticed he's going later and later. Then I started noticing he's not going at all. Then I started noticing he's not wearing his reckel, his, you know, long suit jacket. And then later I started noticing he's not really wearing his hat anymore. And, um, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, these things have moved. I need help. So I started getting AIDS after AIDS after ATSA, lots of AIDS, lots of aitsa. Every ATSA was worse than the, the next. I mean, it was just like bat, a, a, a trail of bad ATSAs. Um, finally, I went to Noah Horlowick uh, Schlita, who uh, lives on Saratskin. he looks at my wife, blushing, and he says, you're his parents. Nobody knows better than you. You know better than anybody. You got this and uh and so we uh, we started realizing oh my gosh we have breached our contract with the angels that when we were pregnant with him, and this is my own medrash, I call it the possibly medrash. When the angel said, you got to promise that this child, when he's born, will have one address where he is accepted, no matter what, that should be your address. Sign here and the parents sign. And then of course the, I think it's the same angel that touches the baby, forgets all the Torah. They sign and then the parents forget that they had signed. And then all of a sudden the pressures of life, the pressures of, of, um, the looking good for the neighbors, you know, and the community, um, those kick in, and then it's just total disaster vibrationally, as we said. Anyway, so what I did was I went around to schools, and I took pictures of campuses all the way to, you know, modern Orthodox campuses, every campus, took pictures of various campuses, met with principles and then my wife and i came with the camera you know when my son was going to sleep he's in his bunk bed so he's about high, our head level height eye level and we go into him and we both cried and we did chuva shalema for what we had done and i still remember after we did our chuva crying that we made the our the pressure we were feeling to be fit into the community more important than you we're so sorry we're so sorry we breached our contract with with what it is to be parents and we're sorry. And then I, I'll never forget it. The, his face in the looking, the glow on his face from my camera, you know, uh, screen shining on his face when I showed him the different campuses, the palm trees. And, you know, these were nice campuses. His eyes were like, what, you know, and, and I told him, like, I met with the principals. This is what's involved with those schools. This is what it would take to go to those schools. And, um, Anyway, the next morning I get up, we get the kids out. I come back from Davening later, and uh, and I just had time to start the process of waking up my son. We, uh, I went into his room, he wasn't there. Looked for his hat, his record, not there, his tefillin, not there. Okay, um, later when I went upstairs to the basement or show my house, someone said, oh yeah, I saw your son. He said, dash means I saw, Drishat Shalom, meaning regards from your son. Yeah, not that my son gave him regards, but he said he saw him at six thirty, six thirty in the morning in the mikvah. My son just went right back to Pinskarlim, Yeshiva Katana. I got a call seven months later from the Meshkiach. He'd been there for like 30 years. The Meshkiach said that he had never in all his years as Mashkiach, he'd never seen a boy keep his head inside the Gemara for that many hours straight. My son put his head in the gomar for seven hours straight without looking up. It's not like 15 years later, he's still learning full time. We got lucky, or maybe we didn't get lucky. Maybe we did something right for a change. And we did the chuva, the chuva blurring acceptance and approval. You also have to be very careful because secular society, which beckons all the time, these kids who are hurt, the, uh, you know, that their uh the secular society is always offering acceptance. Now, of course, they have it blurred the other way. They think not only you've got to accept everyone, you gotta approve of everyone, and there's no standards at all. They have the opposite problem. That's the the left, you know, liberal, progressive, uh, Western perspective, that there's no right or wrong. It's the exact opposite issue. Our issue is high standards. And therefore, we don't wind up accepting people who don't meet our standards. So clean it out. Get your get it straight. Separate these two things. They do not, if they don't have the same definition, don't blur them. They are separate subjects. Treat them as such. Do the tshuva that's necessary. Shift the vibration for your home. And please, God, you'll laugh your way to the bank. Slah Rabba, blessings to everyone. And may we all be um, seeing nachas and... Uh, A lot of uh, blessing to this organization. That they should be matsliach b'gadol. All the best, Shalom Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.